welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast, Episode 24, Season 2. Uh, we're being recorded on Remembrance Day. Uh, just so you know that there's a little bit of a... We, we did do our moment of silence prior to recording this episode to thank the vets for allowing us to have the opportunity to record a podcast in this great country thank of ours. Thank you for the freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, and also thank you to our sponsors, Brand Boulevard, for giving get, uh, our guests all a nice little... Um, booklet thing. And uh, that new antibiotic. Uh, and the new antibiotic. <laughs> the new antibiotic. Picking up pharmaceutical We're looking for a pharmaceutical sponsor. CBD. My name's Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. I'm Trevor Lindy. And uh, welcome back, Josh. You missed uh, episode 23. Because sh- someone can't schedule properly. <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah, Someone, yeah. Someone's taking resumes, though, eh? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Here we go. That's, That's, That's yeah, another story. His, his practice is expanding. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Trevor, uh, you th- there, was a, it, it, there was a great CBC um, marketplace investigation on, they basically compared uh, for the two major ones, TransUnion and Equifax, yep. and then two others um, uh, for your credit rating. Okay. What, the two of them were free. The two of them were free, and then the TransUnion, the Equifax, you had to pay for. So uh, more into you, and then a little bit maybe into Jeff. It, it kind of rolls over because of whether or not you can buy a place, right, and the importance of it. Want to go Is into the importance of knowing your credit rating, checking it, that kind for of For sure. So I, for those I, of you that are listening, Jeff's just smashing them off right now, so like, he won't be speaking for a little bit. No, no I'm good. I'm, it's tough I, my so teeth, though. The CBC Marketplace episode I'm not uh, not familiar with. I'm definitely going to go back and, and look at it because I'm not sure like if you're referring to the free ones, are we talking like Credit Karma and stuff like that? It was Credit Karma was one of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, well... And how everyone's and, and be, the, they took the same four people, yeah, uh, and and uh, from across uh, from different areas of the country, uh, different ethnic backgrounds. So just basically and different ages. So they kind of just I know it was only four. People, Try and get a, a really to, right? broad sample. And how everyone's credit rating completely varied um, amongst all four. Okay. Uh, so the biggest thing that, that people need to be mindful of, and I see this far too often because, uh, you know, companies like Scotiabank, uh, have the ability to pull your credit right through your Scotia online banking, uh, which is subscribed through credit, or excuse me, through, uh, credit karma, which credit karma pulls a trans union credit bureau. The problem is we've got different credit scores and these credit scores there, there's different models. There's different scoring models that go into all these different credit scores. And, you know, far too often I have a conversation with a client that the reality is they, it's, it's so misleading what TransUnion and Equifax show you as the consumer for your credit score. Uh, because as a lender, as a broker, we subscribe to a different model. We subscribe to the same model, the same scoring model, that all institutions, your banks, your credit unions, your lenders subscribe to. Uh, and I see a huge difference from a Credit Karma poll, a TransUnion poll, uh, a personal Equifax poll uh, in comparison to what it is when I go and I pull your Equifax. Yeah, so to, to that point, and in one, 
one uh, gentleman who knew he had a, re- a great credit score, like he just knew. Assumed thought, thought, or assumed. Well, yeah. I mean, no, he had already like he had already known ballpark what his Equifax one was. Okay. And then like it was like Credit Karma. He was like nine hundred, and then his Equifax is like no, my Equifax is like in the high seven hundreds, and then TransUnion was in the low eight hundreds, and then this other free one was, uh, uh, you know. High six hundreds, like it, it was I all. Thought eight hundred was the high score. Like, uh, credit score ranges from three hundred yeah. to nine hundred. Yeah, okay, to nine hundred. Yeah, okay. nine hundred, and I uh, almost twelve years of doing this, and lawyers are typically like six fifty. <laughs> yeah, an hour. Actually, you well, doc, doctors and cops usually have the worst credit. Really? Um, just generally, like from a professional standpoint, where teachers? they make very good income. What about gambling degenerates? Well, we we're gonna stop that right now, and no point in dragging this through the mud talking right. about that well, sort of stuff. The, uh, no, and, and let's clarify why you said those two professions, because typically speaking, they have very good wages, and they Correct. typically have or the financial no reason why they shouldn't have good credit, shouldn't pay their bills on time. It's it's right. almost like you know maybe from the cop perspective, I'm speculating when I say this. It's uh, they're the authority figure, and now they're no longer the authority. Like. You know what I mean? The credit bureau is the authority figure to them. I don't know. We will post Trevor's license plate online later on. <laughs> Excellent. Pull him over. No, but you also too, like if you're a healthcare professional, to be all, you usually you usually have a lot of loans and liens, but because you have to run your yeah, practice, that, right? That, Machines, getting and, their doctorate, right? Like absolutely, that kind of stuff. like so that huge that expense. But I mean, it was just really interesting to me. Like, why? Would someone like Credit Karma, which did pull from TransUnion, yep. have a different scoring mechanism than TransUnion themselves? That doesn't make any sense. Because they all have different scoring models. That's the the unfortunate part. Like I really can't say why they do that. I don't know. I don't understand why they mislead consumers into thinking that they have decent enough credit scores. Um, you know, and to put it all into perspective, realistically, if you're coming to the table, you're looking to buy a house. You need a credit score of ideally at least 650 or higher, one borrower. Every borrower needs to have a credit score over 600. If we're looking at refinancing, refinancing now is getting even more aggressive, right? Because it's an uninsurable product. But lenders want 680. They want 720 beacon scores on it. So if you pull your own credit bureau through Credit Karma, uh, TransUnion, or Equifax, and you've got a credit score of maybe 720 i may be pulling the credit bureau and we may be 40 50 points off where you're lower because of the credit scoring model that uh, that lenders and banks and credit unions subscribe to which and one what, is that yeah what, i it, we're i i can't tell you what specifically it is it's just we all subscribe to a specific they don't so you're consistent old banks lenders private lenders yeah all one, do the same yeah if, if i so it's consistent other, across other the than, line right? other than some uh uh, some differences from if you're having a credit pulled multiple times and what period of time is it happening and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um, then that can impact the score. But for the most part, if I pull your score and you walk into, I, I used Scotia as an example in this. Um, actually, that might be a bad example because they use TransUnion and I pull uh, Equifax, Meridian Credit Union. You walk into Meridian Credit Union, they're going to pull an Equifax. My pull and their pull should look relatively the same. There might be a couple points difference just because maybe I pulled my my client's credit bureau before they walked into Meridian and had their credit pulled there. So, I mean, another big thing, too, is the fact that to check it quite often, 
I I always recommend to clients check your credit once a year. Um, you can go the free route for pulling. So, uh, example, say, just before you get yeah. into that, by virtue of, I had heard at one point in time by virtue of checking your credit score, you impact your credit score. No, so by personally, you, no, by yeah. you personally pulling your credit score, yeah. uh, it is known as a soft inquiry. So there's two types okay. of inquiries. There's hard inquiries which I pull when I'm, so Josh, you and I are working together. I pull the credit bureau for you and, and little children with their minds in the gutter. (laughs) Not me. It's no, no. Anyways. So Josh, you and I are working together and I go and I pull your credit bureau. Um, that's a hard inquiry. You pull your credit bureau on your own. Um, you pull it on yourself. Then there's, uh, it's a soft inquiry. Soft inquiry doesn't impact your score at all. So like check the soft inquiry, like every day of the year. Yeah, technically you could go and no. I uh, obviously there's a cost associated with doing that. But to, but to pull hypothetically, your... if I pulled it every day of the year just to see how it impacted it, wouldn't have any impact. Not talking weird or anything. Like okay, you're fair thinking. enough. I'm just trying to say, like, if if, yeah. if I want to check every day, like I I made a purchase with this credit card, I wanted to check. I did another yeah. one, I wanted to check it. Wouldn't affect so, me whatsoever. They uh, wouldn't say this lunatic <clears throat> is. No, checking his credit no, no, no. every day of the no, year. No, and, th- and that's fine for you to do that. Now, be mindful if you are checking your credit each and every day. There's no rule. Like, you can go and charge $5,000 to your credit card right now, and it may not show up on your credit right. bureau for a week, six whatever, weeks, yeah. oh. right? There's no rule on when... It gets the, posted. When, yeah, there's no rule when companies have to report to the credit bureau. Um you know, there's a lot of lenders out there that their primary will be TransUnion, so they'll send a TransUnion, uh, so they'll update TransUnion each and every month, but they may not update Equifax every month. They may update, and vice versa, Why would where they a lender these, will update. The way they do this, if it's so impactful on your life, really, that they can take six weeks to mm-hmm. report credit. Sometimes that's a good thing, though. Yeah. Well, but but it, it, for right. Sometimes some sometimes yeah. it's a good thing. Sometimes but, but it's it, not. But it's so crucial yeah. to someone it buying. Is. You'd think they'd have it, better it, it, better rules more in real place. Time, yeah. Right? Like, but. like if someone wants to pay it off, they should because like in the deals we've done so many times. Yep. There's something that's nutty. Like my mom a long time ago when we tried to buy something. Yeah, that a was Rogers many. bill. Yeah. And there's no Rogers around here, and it impacted yeah. us, and it was yes. like a nightmare trying to get it off just before we bought. Yeah. And that's the benefit of pulling your credit bureau, doing a soft inquiry on yourself to clean every up that year. Crap before. Yeah. So it, like if you literally make a point of every tax season, we'll say one additional thing to do is go to Equifax uh, and TransUnion. Uh, you can order a free credit report. So Equifax process, uh, you know, I can, I can speak to. It's a pain though um, to do it, to do the free, to do the free route. You I, find that? Yeah, because they they immediately the website in both cases because once I watched that marketplace, well, they're yeah, data I, mining. That's I, all they're I doing. immediately yeah. tried to do the, the, the two free ones. They're fairly simple, <clears throat> but for the uh, TransUnion and Equifax, it does. You got to search to try to get your your personal free one. Okay, so they immediately any, want you to go the pay route. A- absolutely. So everybody that wants to know the way to get a free credit report. Uh, it's not going to give you a score, but a free credit report from Equifax. You want to call 1-800-465-7166. Again, 1-800-465-7166. It's an automated system that you're going to go through. It will ask you to uh, numerically punch in your date of birth, numerically punch in your social insurance number. It is going to ask you random questions. Um, So it's going to basically ask you something like, um, 
uh, so myself, Trevor, you have a credit card with which financial institution? And it's going to say, you know, and I, you know, press one for A, two for, and so on. Uh, So you select. And they they ask you a number of questions there through the process that it, it helps narrow down and identify that it is you. Maybe it's three, maybe it's 10. All depends on how specific the detail is. And as you approach the end, it does ask you over the phone that, you know, if you'd like a credit score or credit report right now, we can charge you. We can charge your credit card. We can send it to you electronically and you'll have it instantly. Um, please punch in your credit credit card number now. It's crazy. Eh? Social insurance number, mm-hmm. date of birth, credit card number, yeah. all online. Yeah. It's on a free service. Yeah, get and, the hell and then out you of here. And, yeah. Well, again, you can bypass the punching in the credit card number. You don't have to actually do that. You can get yourself to that point. By the end of the call, they mail it to you within, I think it's 10 business days, might might even be 10 calendar days. It comes really quick. It is in very, um, it's plain English. Like what I look at on a credit bureau, I know what to identify, what to look at, how to understand it, because I do this every day. If I give that to a customer, like to a client, they don't, you don't know how to look at it, right? There's so many acronyms that are on there and little details. It doesn't make sense. Whereas when you're getting the free credit report, it goes through, it shows, it gives you a definition of everything. It shows you public records. So any, uh, uh, personal property security registrations, PPSAs for vehicles that you may have, uh, I- any public record collection items that you... So and this is the it, only way know, to get the free credit report is by giving all that information online? Because I know half my clients can be like, get the hell You know what? It's, 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 a, it's an automated system. It's on the phone. Yeah. It's an automated system. It's on the phone. It comes to you really quick. If you want, uh, if you're willing to pay for it, if you're willing to pay for a credit score, you visit their website. Uh, they will give you an... Uh, the last time I did it myself uh, on Equifax uh, a year ago now, uh, December last year, uh, was twenty four ninety five. Twenty four ninety five to that, pull. That's tax in, or then you got to pay a tax on that. Uh, Do you remember? This is Canada, was buddy. It plus tax. <laughs> I could. Canada, I can't remember what I what I spent, taxes. but it was twenty four ninety five uh, for my free. Uh, excuse me for my Equifax credit score. So you um, who can pull credit, anyways, paid for a credit report. To get pulled. Yes, I did a soft inquiry on myself rather than doing oh, okay. a, hard. Uh, a hard inquiry on myself. Now, technically, like I pay, I pay seven bucks for a credit bureau. So when I'm doing an application for somebody, mm-hmm. that's a monthly expense that Jacqueline and I incur per per inquiry or correct. Per month? Yeah, J- just just you. J- Jack- <laughs> yeah, it's just Jack- yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, anyway. it, it's it's a monthly so, expense that we incur. So, so also that's the difference too between a uh, you know hard inquiry and soft inquiry. Again, yeah. I uh, our brokerage, Neighborhood Dominion Lending Centers, has a deal with Equifax, so we get it at a discount sure. versus you as a customer paying twenty five bucks, well, right? Like I mean, it's yeah, standard, right? So I, I got a question though, but like again, why? So there's that black box of how it all works. And no one really knows how it works and the, the formula that they use or whatever. And even if I do have a great credit score that I've pulled from, you know, TransUnion, Equifax, or any of the two free ones, 
Walking, it's be different well, than what I look yeah, at. Yeah, well, exactly. Walk, and that's what they did. They they demonstrated me walk a, a guy walking in to buy an Audi. I think it was at an Audi dealership, and he's like, "Hey, uh, can you use this?" And the guy's like, "No, like means nothing to me." Yes, right. Like, and it's the same with uh, walks in to see you with that, and you're like, "That that does that's not applicable because I use my own, and it's 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 one standard, and it goes to all lenders." But yeah. there's like also your soft inquiry, like yeah. So, so the so, soft inquiry is going to rank. Uh, Lower a lower than the hard. Lower a, so, uh, a soft score? inquiry is always going to be a higher credit okay, score higher than credit. than what? Yeah. What so I'm really, if you're a 600 and a soft inquiry, don't even go work. try to buy a house. It if you're a 750, then you high get a high good likelihood chance. that 600 on a soft inquiry may be 50 off. Could be. It depends. It depends so on what the circ- science. Right? Yeah, there there really isn't. Like I I wish I had the exact formula. Like like there's percentages of. Credit utilization, uh, credit repayment, length of credit and every facilities, how it's utilized, um, all those items that go into the equation, and that's how they generate the score. But there's no way to say how this person got a 900 and the other person got a 6. Right. right? You think 1% of the population actually knows the credit credit score number? That, that few of people don't. Do you know yours? 300. <laughs> I don't own anything, Jeff. The wife owns it all. Um, yeah, I uh, no, I don't mind. I mean, uh, and I, actually, I know it's probably gotten better now that you know I've sold the rental property, yeah. and you know, you you just slowly get things off, and then you, on top of the, you, the you sold the rental property. Well, no, Jeff, you sold apparently the rental property. we're going to collect money. Now. <laughs> yeah, 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 I collected money, but you uh, made the money at the highest price ever in that. But but. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you why don't you list the episode so people can go back and listen to it again? I don't know if we did an episode. Uh, we did. We did. Um, but here's the other thing too. But there's other another score that is kept even that that no one knows, which is um, your BNI bankruptcy navigator index, right? And that goes up to a thousand. That and that every and basically the way that you explained it to me, I had a high BNI, which is really good. It was in the nine hundreds. That's where ev- most people should be above 900 which basically it's, it's the probability of you going bankrupt correct hmm. and the probability of you paying back this debt yes so the higher your bni score it's basically oh i'm in the 95 percent that i'm it's not a combination of though right yeah. so like i i see files where a client may have maybe in the 700s for their beacon score uh, but their BNI is down to 876, you know, 850 type of thing. And and it's an early indicator as to there might be some financial distress that this individual is going through. Like, would it, would, to track something like that, would they look at their payment histories or, or something along those lines to, yeah. to make a determination that this person may? Or is it just. I think in, an example that like I used before in the past was just uh, Jeff utilizing his uh, available credit for the purposes of building, right? And all of a sudden going, the first time you did it, maxing out your home equity line of credit and using that to invest on the property, like Mm -hmm. to to go through the build, the first time you did it, it was probably a shock. And they're thinking, oh, geez, what's What's going going on? on? Why is Jeff all of a sudden in debt? But the fact that you've been through that process a number of times now, borrow, pay back, borrow, pay back, mm-hmm. that, that stuff happens. Establishes and it, a pattern or whatever. Yeah, right? So it's less... Um, but now, is that only with your conventional lenders, though? What if Jeff went and got a private lender and he paid that private lender back? 
like a syndicate. Private lenders don't uh, wouldn't be they don't register, right? Yeah, no. Oh, so, no. they're, so the books, get their they're not. Benefits. Well, you know, like uh, as an example, First Ontario Credit Union. Yeah. Not knocking them. There's plenty of them out there. Uh, First Ontario Credit Union does not report your credit bureau uh, to your credit bureau your mortgage. Mm. So if you have a mortgage, that's not reported. Mm. If you got a mortgage over at Meridian, that is reported. Scotia, TD, all all the big banks, they all report to the credit bureau, but you're going to have some smaller lenders, some credit unions that don't report mortgages to so so now, your credit bureau. First exactly. Buy your houses then if you get one at that. So say, say you get a mortgage with First Ontario. Say Josh walks into First Ontario, gets a mortgage. Like buys he talks about himself in, in first third person. Yeah. 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 The I, Josh. Just say I, the, the Josh. Josh. The, the Josh. Josh. Sorry. The Josh. <laughs> the Josh Jesus. walks into First Ontario. Um, and then I go into RBC and I want to buy a second property. With yep. 5% down on both. My credit, my credit score walking into RBC wouldn't reflect that. So you could do mortgage fraud. Ontario? Well, so <laughs> a couple things to note. You as a lawyer can talk to this. Mm-hmm. That one of your duties to satisfy a condition to a lender is confirming that there's no further, uh, that an individual isn't on title on any other property. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have to confirm that detail for the lender yeah. so in order the person for that has lender to, to find. To mortgage fraud. Well, just earlier. sometimes we don't, like in our profession, we don't we don't certify that this person, do, unless it's in our instructions. Okay. Right? And it comes very rare. Very rare, Trevor, where it'll say like, please confirm that yeah, what if they use Trevor two different does lawyers? not own, you know, 365, uh, wherever. Yeah. Very rare. But that probably would be the buyer. The buyer would be doing mortgage fraud then, really, right? Yeah. Like maybe on your end from a broker perspective. Yeah. It's a broker condition, right? But very rare that we we see it. I find that lenders throw that condition into us very randomly where they'll turn around and say, it's a rental property. It's a luggage check at the airport. Yeah. It's uh, like not a, they don't own a rental property. Like the clients rent right now. Yeah. And, they and, and they've been property. there for eight years, yep. so the lender decides, oh, we want to confirm that they don't actually I own have this one property. right now where this guy, buyer, was looking at, put an offer in on two separate other properties that fell through. Okay. So now this lender where he's actually buying the third one yep. wants confirmation that he has no interest in those other two properties. That he's never gone through with them. Hmm. Yeah. So how the heck would they track that? Because he probably made an inquiry at one point in time. I so and the do you ask them when they're closing with mm-hmm. you? Do you own any other properties nope. that ever come up? Nope. No. I ask you if you own any. If you're selling, if you own any properties that immediately about yeah. this. Because I could see the the buyer creating mortgage fraud just pleading ignorance. Say, well, I don't know how to tell anybody. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. That can be that's, a that's possibility, what right? That's what, that's what I'm getting to in yeah. my my circumstances. Nobody questions me on owning another property. Yeah. Like I bought a cottage property. Yes. I don't remember anybody asking me if I own any other property. Any other property. They might have assumed. Yeah, but you had disclosed it, right? You disclosed that you had another property. I don't remember Trap ever disclosing that I own another property. Well, I I would have hoped that the lender would have done their due diligence. Nothing. I don't know. Like again, mine is with a conventional mortgage, so yeah, or like one of the. Mm. Yeah, but it could it could have just been something. one of those conversations that uh, that they were saying, okay, you know, Josh, here's the home. Okay, great. Um, do you own or you rent? I didn't even talk to the guy. Right. 
Yeah, really. As a real estate agent, if I'm did buying a house Anna for Lisa you, no. Did did your yes? Okay, so there we go. So, for in your circumstances, the integrity of your data relied heavily on Adam making sure that he disclosed everything properly. Okay. To to the lender. Yeah. Right. So, I recently had where where. Um, uh, a deal we'll, we'll just say where the integrity of the data wasn't compromised was compromised it wasn't wasn't related to me properly and it's it's difficult right like how do you well, I think part of the part of the problem in the mortgages and all that out there is that you see all those products out there that you can get this crazy percentage that's advertised by there but they don't put the little disclaimer that's at certain beacon yeah. score to qualify. Well, credit, credit so score. Exactly, everyone assumes they're going to get that. That's exactly And right. which, which I think is crazy for you. You're not guaranteed your payday until it actually closes because you've told me several times the day before, someone could change banks the day, uh, right, right of. Josh can be representing my clients and he can have an offer from me or mortgage instructions from me and mortgage instructions from another lender. And the client tells him to execute the instructions from the other lender and not my papers yeah, on the day of closing, crazy. right? And I, I you can put in hours and hours of work, and then yeah. it's, oh, well, we got a better rate the last second by one hundredth of a point. And we thought we'd save in tons, and we went that way. Somebody crazy. reached out to me recently and asked me <clears throat> about um, who was it? Good buddy of mine. I, I remember who it was now. Good buddy of mine asking me questions because he was playing around on some of those discount websites. Yeah. And, and the yeah. reality is like, I hate to say it, there's a lot of bait and switch out there in his circumstance. He doesn't have to worry about credit. It's not going to be a credit issue. However, he's looking at a refinance and the rates that you're seeing advertised on these websites are typically under 20%, uh, insured purchase only, uh, minimum mortgage amount of 250000 in a lot of cases, or 300000 And uh, what's the one other catch they throw at you? Oh, uh, usually has a bona fide sale clause on them. What's so the only, sale clause? the only way you can break that mortgage term in the five years that you're taking is to sell the house. I've With the lottery, you can't. I've seen that. i just seen that recently now. You've just seen bona fide sale clauses recently? So even after There's five a handful years. of lenders that do them. Yeah. Or unless your term's up. I, once your term is up, yeah, then you... Standard. Yeah, okay. But during but that time... Because I know in the States, like my, my buddy lives in the States, nope. and they have like 20-year mortgage terms. Win like the lottery, you can't pay out the mortgage. Yeah. mortgage it's a term, terms. not even like an amortization. No, it's 30 years. It's a term, and yeah. I tell him, no, no, they we offer every 50. five years, and he's huh? like, that's crazy. They used to do up to 50 like, in the that crazy? Yeah, yeah, it's 30 and... Like, I find that crazy. Like, that's... And then if you're a vet... To that point, because my buddy's a, a vet, he, he fought uh, in Afghanistan, and he's out of the uh, New York State, and uh, he they even get a lower interest rate because he's a vet. Because he's yeah. a vet, so he not only he's he's got this. Now, obviously, right now, quote unquote, he'd be losing in in the spread game, but I think he's like three and a quarter, three and a half. But he's locked in for thirty years at three and a quarter, three yeah, and a half. Thirty years, yeah. straight. right? And he locked in something like you know back in. 2010, 2011, when interest rates were going up. So um, he, he's going to do well over 30 you years. You think that'll ever come to Canada like that? No, or? not no. lock. No. Huh? Longest I've no. ever seen here was 10. Yeah. 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 I've seen 10. And well, we they're, do they're have a contract, or we do have legislation that says if you're taking longer than a five year term, so six, seven, or 10, uh, if you. If you hit the five-year mark, they can no longer charge you an interest rate differential. They can only charge you three months interest penalty once you hit the five-year mark. 
field. Correct. Yeah, because that's a big difference in penalty too. Yeah, that is a big difference in penalty. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, that that's good to know because you know, like you, you just. And now, but back to your, what you said when you call that one eight hundred number. Yep. With Equifax, they only yep. they give you your entire credit score mailed to you. Your credit report mailed to yeah, you. There's no score, score intact no in score. it. It's literally listing. You know, you have this uh, debt. This debt. Yep. And here's how it's been paid. Right. You've been. You've never been late on it, or you've been late thirty days x amount of times. So here's another. Here, here's my per, a personal question. Yep. I, I had. I had. Oh. God, probably eight years ago now. Okay. A loan at TD. Yep. No longer bank at TD. Yep. It still appears on my credit report. Still to this day, it's for a car loan that I a car. Yeah, they never cleared the payment. And, on I, and I've got a letter from TD in Does writing saying that letter? I that I've paid mm-hmm. it off because I managed. now there's no security disposition. So talking intelligently about it, you know, there's no security disposition. So there's no public record on your credit bureau. Right. However the payment never got cleared. Right. So in that event, a lot of the onus is you on you as the customer. So you go, you order your free credit report. Yep. They're going to send, they're going to give you a telephone number uh, as well as a form in that package that you can update certain things. Yep. Right. So in that instance that they've never cleared that payment, if it doesn't show that it's account closed or paid or whatever the circumstances being on your, your Equifax report, you take that letter that TD sent you and you send that into Equifax, fax it to them or whatever, whatever process they would like to accept your documents from you. Yep. And you, so the onus is on you. You need to fix it. Now, do that I, sucks. once I do. should be on the bank. Once, yeah, well, that's exactly my point. What what, once, once it's. It's I hard do, to get the bank to but do once it. But once I do it, once I do it to Equifax, do I also have to do it with TransUnion as well? Yeah. Uh, you may. Yeah. So I, I, I as the as the person who paid off my loan, yeah, who got made, a letter from the bank, made yeah, them money, m- made them money, yeah. I now have to go to TransUnion and Equifax, do all this legwork to get it removed from so may, my. You may have to now, but you, you as may, my, yeah, right. Like I, I can't stress that enough. The lender may have done it for you. Well, in my case, they haven't. They didn't on Equifax. They may have done it on TransUnion. Got it. All right. Right. Or maybe. Maybe they did do it, and maybe Equifax didn't do anything with the paperwork that they received. So you as my broker, if I go to you for a lender and I say, I don't own that, Trev. Can you just take it out of the equation? Uh, I have to provide some type of proof. Right. So I can provide you the letter to say this has been paid and like yeah. eight years ago. Sometimes a lawyer will be asked to, uh, to confirm. They make it the most important thing is having your credit score, and then they screw up your credit score. Mm-hmm. And then they need you have a good credit score, and then you can't get credit I, because they screwed it up. You know what? I, I have one one experience where legitimately the credit union that the clients were dealing with did screw up and was reporting. I always say to a client, if you've got a late payment on an account, go back and look at your bank account history. If you can prove that you had the funds in the account on the day that it was due and they didn't, and you've got the contract that states it's due on whatever day, and they didn't take it from you, that's not your fault. Now it's on them. So they're improperly reporting. 
but then you have to do these extra steps to correct it. I on so I had one up. instance where where a client had that with the credit union that they were dealing with, and the credit union uh, unfortunately put his student loan as a, an R five, so like it's over four months past due for no reason. It was kicking the crap out of his an credit R5? score. R five. I don't know what that means. Uh, so revolving, revolving, sorry, it would have been an I. There's installments, there's revolving. So uh, installment, anything with a loan, anything revolving, your credit cards, your lines of credit, those are R's, uh, rated with R's, one through nine. Um, so that's a bad thing in R5. Anything, well, anything it's less than, anything oh. less than an R, anything greater than an R1. Um, R9 is a written off account. So, or an I9. Uh, so in his case, he he had a, a negative remark on his bureau because of the the uh, the credit union. He went into the credit union branch. We proved it. We basically he demanded from the the credit union that they fix it, and they did. They ended up writing a letter. We followed up. They got the letter, and and we had a, a copy of the updated credit report. Literally four weeks apart. So really, really apart. to sum it up, your credit rating is like you know financial health well-being for you and, and, and people you're going to have care to about nurture it, it and, and, and kind of take care of it yeah. or there's you're screwed no, there's no quick way to fix it You'll lo- yeah. Well, so if you screw it up it, it is a pain gonna, in the ass though, take the banks make it crucially for you to have this amazing rating or good rating yet they can screw it up and not really so in my they're the banks in my specific example a loan from 2011, eight yeah. years ago. Is it really impacting my credit score? No. It's at zero. I, it's no, no. It's literally just the payment is there on yours. Right. So the balance is at zero. So it doesn't liability show is a little higher than it should be. But it's just, it's a simple document that we just provide. But for you, it's more the inconvenience of having it called into question Every time, every really time. You need a discharge. So it's not like my less, bank, right? bankruptcy yeah. where it's not, it doesn't fall off after seven years or anything of that nature. <laughs> Uh, like, like, is someone going to look at that like 20 years later if I don't get it done? It's like, get no, they'll eventually, they will eventually. Out. Old accounts. Yeah. How long does it take, though? I mean, yeah, that's it, my question. It, 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 it is similar time period in which a bankruptcy takes to fall off. So it could be falling off any time now. Because get some antibiotics that won't fall off. So penicillin, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Right? It'll be based <laughs> on the date of last activity. But is, is, that, is that by design, though? Like, for sure? At What's that? The X? things will fall off? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's always based on date of last activity, right? So mm-hmm. if you have a collection against you and you you come to me for a mortgage and I tell you, okay, you've got to pay this collection now and it's just about statute of limitations is, is expired already. It's just about to fall off of the bureau and now you go and pay it. Guess what? You got another seven yeah, years and it's going to live there. Like now with all the setup with building and all that. Hmm. You want to check it out? Interesting. Okay, so what are the, what's that number again for... Okay, so you've got Equifax.ca that you can go to. Right. Um, their telephone number is 1-800-465-7166. 1-800-465-7166. You got it. And then there's also TransUnion, so TransUnion.ca. Yeah. And they are... The consumer line is 1-800-663-9980. And nothing to worry about. 1-800-663-9980. Zero. They just need Correct. your credit card numbers, your social insurance numbers, your blood, your fingerprints, <laughs> and you mail it into them and don't worry about anything. It's free. You don't mail them in anything. No, it's from Bangladesh. Just they, that's they, it. You do it over the phone it's and they mail Bangladesh. it to you. TransUnion's based not in Hamilton. Equifax is based Bangladesh. in Montreal. 
And at the end of the day, they'll be your friends. They're here on Canadian soil. All I think is me telling my clients, hey, just go there and give them your social insurance number, your credit card number. No worries. We'll find out your credit card. I had to. I'd rather just send to you and you. I had to call personally both of these numbers when my identity was stolen. Yeah. And they did well by me because they red flagged my credit. Yes. So they call me now anytime I'm applying. Anybody's applying under my name, my SIN number. Mm For any kind of credit. So just so to, they'll call me to say, look, is you this you? Do you have a monthly you? or yearly subscription with that? No, there's no subscription no. needed for that. It's, it's a consumer declaration oh. that's on there that states before extending credit to this individual. Years, right? They double that check. That, yeah, you'll have, to, you'll have to put it back on there after the six-year mark if you want it to continue. Uh, hmm. Truthfully, it is a giant pain in the butt, that consumer declaration. It's, it, took um, it's better than more. it took me an hour and a half speaking to... Each of them, an hour and a half each on the phone with Equifax and, and TransUnion. But, I mean, at the end of the day, You're this is two years more later. Right? The biggest and, and, reason why it is such a pain in the butt is because they have a specific telephone number yeah. listed on that bureau for you. Yeah. And the son of a bitch. If you change the number. <laughs> about a phone, and I asked them for the phone number, they wouldn't they give can't. it to me. I said, well, it's my phone. Yeah. It's under my name. Are nope, you going to call care. the guy? Yeah, I was going to. Of course, I was going to call the guy. Say, hey, let's meet up for a drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. see what's going on. It's Johnny. Check me, check Boom. me on Tinder. No. Oh, hey. What? I wasn't going to go there, but. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I have no All right, idea. well, Tinder thank is. you very much. This is Trev. a super long episode. Yeah, well, how long? Are, yeah, this is <laughs> like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. All right. Seriously? 40 minutes, yeah. Well, it's credit. It's important. Oh, credit oh is goodness. important. Well, yeah, credit is, is very, very important. And the jokes inside of it is good. All right. Mm. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, Trevor, episode 24. 24. Uh, and where are we? Where can they see us? Hear us? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Park right. benches. Google Home. <laughs> public right. bathrooms. Thanks very much, everywhere. everyone. Take care. Help Ciao. us help you stay informed. Oh. Hi, I'm Emily Roger. And I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.